This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called A Political Perspective, and it's my pleasure, as always, to be talking to Stuart Nash, the Labour MP for Napier. How are you going, Stuart? I'm very well, thanks, Ken. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks all the better for talking with you. You know that. Now, good news to start off with. Uh, COVID mandates have been relaxed somewhat. What now for the economy and, in particular, tourism? Well, COVID mandates haven't been relaxed at this point in time. We will, we will look at that. But what we have done is we've said that uh, returning Kiwis, in fact, anyone that comes into our country will now no longer have to self-isolate. And we've also bought forward the time that Kiwis returning from the rest of the world can come in. So... If you're, you know, if you're a Kiwi based in Germany or if you're a German who wants to come over as a tourist, uh, then you'll have to get uh, a rapid antigen test on day one, another one at day five and six. Um, but you won't have to you know, sit at home in a hotel or in a hotel room. You can just go and enjoy the country. Having said that, um, we haven't announced a date for when our borders will open. Um, we're just waiting to see at this point in time uh, you know, how Omicron plays out with our health system. But yeah, yeah no, thing, I just think that there is now daylight at the end of a rather long tunnel. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, the big story actually over and above uh, Omicron or COVID is Russia and the evasion of the Ukraine. Why haven't we dis- uh, expelled the Russian ambassador? Well, you know, it's probably good to keep dialogue open, but, you know, we have expressed obviously our views very clearly. But it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, uh, I was listening to a report um, early this morning on this, and they were saying, the, the reporter, who's, a, who's a, you know, an expert on this, much more so than, than you and I, was saying that uh, Putin expected to go in and to knock uh, you know, Kiev or the capital uh, and Ukraine out in, in a couple of days and his troops would roll in, etc. but it's turned out to be a lot harder mm. than he ever thought it was going to be. And also this guy was saying that the, the way that not only countries but global businesses have rallied against Russia is probably um, far more extensive than, again, Putin managed. I mean, you've got Maersk, for example, which is the world's largest shipping line, is saying was well, is contemplating not delivering anything into or out of Russia. Now that is massive. Mm. Um, and you know, obviously, the you know everything from sport to uh, to sanctions to airspace, etc. It seems like there is massive con- condemnation and this hasn't played out for Putin the way that he perhaps originally thought it was going to. Is that a worry for us though? I mean, uh, you know, if you back him into a corner and given the rhetoric that's coming from President Putin um, is that a greater threat to the world right now than what uh, COVID is? Well, it is a threat to the world of that there's no doubt. I mean, COVID is still a threat to our at, at this point in time COVID is still a threat to our communities because it's uh, you know, we expect in the next two or three weeks we're going to get the peak. So we're going to see it sweeping through our communities. I think 14 40,000 mm. cases you know, at the beginning of this week. Um, but in terms of global stability, uh, you know, this isn't particularly flash in any way, shape or form. So, um, you know, the, the best result, obviously, is uh, Putin recognises that he has miscalculated. He sort of withdraws his troops, licks his, wound, uh, licks his wounds and, and gets back into his into his Russian hole, yeah. but it's, uh, he is obviously a man with an enormous ego. Yeah. Uh, and it is difficult to see how this will end, but, but I suppose the bottom line is initially 
it's not going as well as we're all led to believe Putin thought it was going to. With your experience, uh, what, what sort of effect do you think this will have on our economy in the short and long term, this war? Not, not too much. I mean, Russia, you know, we do send some stuff to Russia, and Frontera has said that they uh, will stop that. But it's not like, um, you know, it's not one of our major markets. So, you know, the, the, thing, the thing that we have that a lot of other countries don't have is people want our products. And by that I mean, you know, we grow some of the best food, you know, the best protein, mm. um, cellulose fibre in the world. And even through, you know, the height of Delta, when the world was sort of locking down to various extent, people needed to buy our products because populations still need to be fed. And we've got a fantastic brand. And so, you know, we used to say we can feed the world. We can't. We can feed about 50 million people. And so we're always targeting that sort of ultra-premium end of the market. So there are still, you know, high-net-worth individuals or engaged members of, of society all around the world that will pay a premium for our products because they know that it comes from a, a country that practices clean, green, sustainable agriculture and horticulture and forestry, etc. So it's really important, really important that we continue to maintain the integrity of our brand. And, you know, it's, it's certainly one of the major um, objectives of the government, or, you know, yeah. in my portfolio through tourism, but also through agriculture, forestry and horticulture in the primary sector. So, you know, we, we have that massive benefit. But, but you know, destabilisation in Europe is never good for anyone, no. right? But does it mean um, in the short term that we might be looking at $3.25 a litre for petrol? We might be looking at 3 bucks for a loaf of bread? And... Yeah, that's, that's not out of the realms of possibility that petrol could increase. Because, again, any form of global instability is used by petrol companies as a way, as an excuse to jack up prices. Haven't seen it just yet, but, not, again, not out of the realms of possibility. But, um, uh, you know, let's just wait and see. I mean, it, it looks like it's not going to... You know, the worst-case scenario is Putin gets desperate and launches some form of, you know, weapon that is, you know, we've only just... Yeah, a nuclear bomb. don't want to see. Yeah, well, I was going to yeah. say, but yes. a nuclear bomb. Yes. Um, I, you know, I... Uh, but anyway, we, let's let's hope that that is you know yeah. far far from reality. But but you know any form of war, stabilisation, destabilisation is not good for us. No, no. Okay. Another good news story: a free trade deal with the UK. What does that mean for mums and dads? Yeah, fantastic. Well, we reckon it'll add about a, um, a billion dollars onto our GDP. I understand it means that again it provides an option for our products into uh, into a key market. Uh, it's just that's just one of the things that you know Damien O'Connor and our fantastic trade officials have been pushing for quite a long time in order to get better access for our products. So you know, that I, I haven't seen exactly what it means for Hawke's Bay at this point, but I'll take a good hard look at that. But it could well mean greater access into the UK for our you know for our apples, for example, which means you know we, we're planting a hell of a lot of uh, apple trees around our region at this point in time. It means just another market opens up where we don't have to pay those tariff barriers. Okay. These things often take a bit of time to sort of bed in, and you know, if tariffs are there, then they sort of, you know, they they wind down as opposed to remove immediately. But it, again, it's just, it's really, really important in our uh, in our reconnecting with the world strategy. Yeah, and what's the thought for the week, Stuart? Well, thought for the week is around COVID, and I know I, you know, we we try and be up, up, uplifted, mate. But this is yes. now, Omicron is coming. Uh, you know, he's mentioned 14,000 cases. The majority are in Auckland, but we think it'll, uh, you know, slowly work its way down the country. Um, my daughter, who was a student at the University of Canterbury, five of the seven people in her flat ended up with it. It's quite nasty. 
So two things I would say. First of all, if you haven't been boosted, then goodness me, get boosted. It makes a real difference. It really does. The second thing is just just stay safe, but but look after each other. We are going to we are all going to end up knowing people with COVID who are going to end up staying at home. Some will end up quite crooked in their homes. Um, but just again, let's just continue to look after each other. This is the beginning of the end. You know, that, like I said, the end of self isolation, yep. which means that MIQ will slowly disappear. The only people who will have to go into MIQ is unvaccinated Kiwis. And keeping in mind, it's harder and harder to get on a plane if you're not vaccinated. So the the restrictions that have been in place for two years are, are slowly lifting, and I think within six months we'll be back to what will be a, a post-COVID environment. Now, by that I mean you know, tourism certainly won't look the same, uh, and things will change. But there will be a level of normality that we really haven't experienced uh, ongoing for a while. I mean, we mm. are lucky in the sense that, you know, unlike a lot of other countries, we have had long periods of, of freedom where we can travel and we can dine out and we can catch up with mates, we can have a beer at the pub, etc. cetera, uh, where a lot of other countries have um, you know, done it hard compared to us. You know, we didn't have that delta sweep through our communities and kill a whole lot of people like they did in the States or Europe, for example. But in terms of getting back to some form of long-term normality, I think, you know, our announcements yesterday or the, this week uh, are, uh, are certainly uh, in the right direction for where we're heading in a, in a post-COVID world. Dead right. Good on you, Stuart. You look after yourself. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week. Yeah, to all the listeners, look after yourself. Be good. Wash your hands. But get <laughs> boosted, man. It just makes such a difference. I can't, you know, I can't overemphasize the importance of that. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.